0: Thank you so much for coming to the beautiful toilet this is uh stephanie ua duem and autumn christian uh two writers in the uh expat press expanded universe uh two very close friends of each other and uh i'm just really interested in uh kind of prying into your personal backgrounds and your work and yeah um thanks for being here
1: Spoken like a true Fed. Thanks. For, yeah.
0: yeah, so um, to begin, would you please uh, tell me your social security numbers <laughs> very slowly, um, date of birth, um, and Are you
2: that your secretary?
0: do you know any communists?
1: Do, do we know any what?
0: Communists.
1: Uh, actually, I know a lot of communists. <laughs> I'm in an MFA program. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> for the course, actually. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, one of my good friends is a communist. I've actually had a dream about him executing me. Um because <laughs> I come from like a family that was deemed uh counter-revolutionary uh-huh uh by the CCP. So yeah, so I yeah, I've literally had nightmares about being executed by my communist thank you friend.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, that's cool. I uh I just recently uh started a new job working on behalf of an anti-communist newspaper so uh you know the the kind of like red scare fervor has kind of like the actual red scare not the podcast but the you know the historical event i feel like that fervor has kind of like uh seeped off on me so
1: um yeah i I hope you make it uh
0: (laughs) oh thank you yeah, I hope, what you mean, I hope, you hope I make it in the event of a communist revolution, or?
2: I hope you make it when they line us up against the wall. Uh-huh. Can you print out, like, t-shirts that say, like, McCarthy did nothing wrong?
0: I don't know, that sounds like, uh, that sounds like some Turning Point USA shit or whatever. Like, <laughs> or, like, Ben Shapiro would, like, print something like that.
2: Yeah, that's kind of a point. It's gotta be, like, a little hokey.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, I know it's like kind of chuggy to be like, uh, just like aggressively like anti-communist in 2021, but you know, everyone has their uh, little indulgences.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Speaking of indulgences, Nick, um, because we're Twitter mutuals and you keep joining these, like (laughs) uh, these, you know, crazy spaces, um, they always get pushed onto, Onto you know my my screen and then and then I try to join them. <laughs> um,
0: oh really? Yeah. I haven't noticed actually. What uh? What do you, what did you have in mind? What are you talking about?
1: Um, there have been several. I don't usually stay very long. Um, usually I leave of my own volition. But there have been a couple of times that I've been kicked out after like uh, nine seconds. I was like, wait a minute. I don't. I, I don't even know what i don't I don't even know what demographic this chat is racist against. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know they can just tell they can tell I'm not like uh
0: you know no, I don't think it's that if I had to guess if I had to wager a guess, I would probably say it's just because they're running like a pretty tight opsec but um yeah. yeah, I've been kicked out of my fair share too. I just feel like kind of like wandering aimlessly is like the point of the medium so the yeah. and that's somewhat how i uh I feel like I engage with your Twitter spaces as well, just because you're also so uh, uh, cozy with each other. You know, it's a little overwhelming.
1: Do you want to hear how I met Autumn? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, what's the story? What's the lore?
1: So the lore is that, um, you know, I was, just, I was just following her like any other e-girl. <laughs> you know? As you do, you follow e-girls. Um, we follow e-girls. Uh, I think I think we were mutuals but we weren't really interacting um and then um and then and then you started uh Autumn started this um meme I guess uh of, of small coffee nationalists versus large coffee nationalists. Yeah, well, there's it's
2: only large. It's large coffee globalism and small coffee nationalists.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That whole like uh, small coffee, large coffee meme kind yeah, of went yeah. over my head. Like,
2: uh... so I literally,
1: I, I just DM'd her and I was like, I like the meme you started. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: she was like, thanks. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. it's because I just moved to. I was in Oklahoma, and you were like, because I was visiting to like find a place to rent, and you were like, let's hang out. And then like a couple weeks later, I was like, oh, like I actually live here now. And we were like, do you want to meet today? And then you suggested the Chili's. on, where was it? North Lamar. Yeah. Yeah, the Chili's on North Lamar, which is a an Austin mean essentially.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the first time we met up in real life, um. I suggested meeting at a Chili's that is the uh, subject of um, much Austin lore. Uh, Like if you go to the Austin subreddit and if you're a tourist and you ask, you know, for restaurant recommendations in Austin, everyone will say um, the Chili's at 45th and Lamar. Um, And it's a completely mundane, like totally normal Chili's. There's (laughs) nothing remotely special about it um but yeah that was where we had our first sort of friend date um and I I think that like we were like we were sitting there we were like looking around trying to see if other people were aware of this meme like I was trying to like sort of catch people's eyes and like sort of divine in their souls whether they were aware of the meme or not um and nobody knew about it like nobody we actually started talking to a few people and they were like what no like I've been coming here for twenty years. I never knew yeah. this was a meme. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: uh, what's your general opinion of uh, like uh, chain restaurants of, of that of that sort?
2: It's not. not
3: um,
1: sorry, Autumn. Autumn's, um, <laughs> yeah. Autumn's uh, partner is getting his cigarettes. Yeah. So. Yeah we're talking about chain
2: restaurant um
0: what's your review of chili's in particular
2: yeah i work at chili's basically because of the meme i was like i was sort of like because i just turned in a manuscript and i was sort of like wanting to like get out of the house and like be more like like learn how to interact with people so i just kind of applied to chili's and they hired me after like they called me up and they were basically like what do you do um uh, like I'm a writer and I have no experience. They're like, "Great, you're hired. Come in today." <laughs> um, so I work at Chili's now. Mm-hmm.
0: I uh, I totally relate to that because I worked a summer when I was in college. I worked a summer at Subway purely for the uh, for the merit of being designated a sandwich artist. I thought it was so funny that they called their employees sandwich artists, and so I was really excited to like. It was
2: work very at
0: yeah, yeah, it, it's just like so pretentious for like a, a fast food like entry level role that like I, I just felt like I had to have that under my belt. So, but, I mean, um, yeah,
1: when can you sort of have the word artist in your professional
2: title, right? Like, there's not many.
1: <laughs> there's not many occasions.
3: When
2: mm-hmm. you to do that. Probably the, one of the highest paid artist jobs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sandwich artist,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I consider myself something of an artist, a sandwich artist, yeah. You're yeah.
1: definitely an
2: artist, Nick.
0: Uh-huh. No. So doubt. so um, but I don't know if you I, I know you probably don't want to speak ill of your employer, but what's your uh honest review of Chili's as like a restaurant experience?
2: Um I was actually surprised because I didn't have any experience, like, in, like, service industry. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually, like, a pretty fun place to work, except, like, when cranky Oh, I mean, I mean,
0: as a customer, though.
2: As a customer? Yeah. Um, I mean, just don't sit at the bar because, like, people will ask you to, like, go to their boat house.
0: I don't think that it will happen to me. I think, that's, uh, <laughs> I think that's an issue for one gender.
1: Um, that reminds me i, I don't, i've been i've been thinking about this recently uh, speaking of gender um have uh, have you guys taken that 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 quiz that's floating around that's like um that tells you sort of your percentage of each gender sort of mentally uh
0: I don't think so that one in particular doesn't sound uh Familiar.
1: Oh, well, I was hoping I was hoping you had uh, you had your result.
2: Do you feel like Mm -hmm. you're more male-coded or female-coded?
0: Wait, depending on uh, how uh, how long it is, I can take it now. Uh, Do you know what it's called?
1: There's a there's a bunch of them, but I I, but you don't need to take it. I I can (laughs) tell you right now that I'm I'm probably more masculine than you are. (laughs) Really.
0: (laughs) I uh yeah. damn well <laughs> this has been the beautiful toilet uh thank you for coming on. that's uh you know I don't take kindly to being emasculated on my own show so no no no,
2: no I'm just, I'm just joking <laughs> no it's just because she's so masculine yeah it's
0: actually yeah, yeah it's because Steph is such a chad I don't Not know bad. I uh, I feel like uh in my uh in my self image and my self perception, I really identify with masculinity in a way that, um, I don't know how mu- how manifest that is in my outward, uh, projections, but I, but I think it's a concept that I really relate to and I identify with and like aspire to, and I'm not really particularly concerned with how it comes off, I guess, but
2: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I don't really know how to, how to parse it. I mean, I, like, I, I think I was talking to Autumn about this, that we both were, we both sort of tested more male than female. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like 85% male. I don't
2: remember what mine was. You were in the 60s,
1: I think. Yeah. You were like
2: 60 something percent male. I don't really feel, the only thing that's like super male about me, I feel is like my disapproval is very like You're male very you you say
1: disagreeable shit with a like, giggle, um, um, which makes it cute. But yeah, I think
2: it comes off online like me being like really angry, but I'm like laughing like when I do it. It's just, like it gets lost in translation. Yeah, it's very seems very like ragey sometimes. But we were just
1: talking about like whether we were, because um, is this the first time you've had two female guests on?
0: um let me think
1: at the same time i guess yes yeah
0: that's
1: right yeah so so i was kind of telling autumn that i was like i think we're going to be the first sort of female pair that Nick has had on yeah so we're your um you know we're we're sort of helping you with your affirmative action quota
0: that's true i there was like a time like uh a, a few episodes ago when i realized that like this podcast was like becoming like all dudes like all of my guests for like a really long stretch were like men and uh i don't know like i didn't really have like a necessarily like affirmative action like compulsion to like have more women i just thought like oh that's kind of weird and like off-putting so uh
2: you usually like um invite people on or do they like message you and like oh
0: no no i would love for people to message me and uh invite themselves but i don't know i feel like that's relatively rare no, I feel like I have to take all the initiative. It just wouldn't happen if I didn't.
2: Yeah, I was just thinking maybe it's like I feel like men are more um, like I've talked to some editors and they're basically like they have to go out and find a lot of women writers because they don't just they won't submit as much stuff, mm-hmm. but they will like if you query them. Mm-hmm.
0: The male, uh, the male compulsion to
2: submit
0: <laughs> a propagate lot of stuff. Your- to uh, uh, tarnish your name by publishing in Terror House Press.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I took a class. Um, I think it was actually my first semester um, in my MFA program, and it was um, it was just it was just uh, editing the the literary magazine, um, you know, of of the department. And uh, I didn't realize how imbalanced the the submission ratios are um, in terms of demographics. Um, it is mostly, you know, it's, it it was like, I think 80% guys, you know, that, that were, that were submitting, uh, to this literary magazine. Um, and that's kind of true across the board, I guess, for literary magazines, um, which is something that was just like, I guess, surprising to me, because it seems like there's no sort of material barrier to entry you know like there's nothing that would obviously sort of explain it um you know so so i I don't know i don't know what to do with that but uh it is a thing it's definitely a thing um guys you know guys just submit more i guess
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i guess uh i don't know i would be interested uh to hear like more in depth depth, like like uh, what it is in particular that uh that you align with in terms of like the masculine uh kind of essence that uh that causes you to uh uh score so high in uh masculinity in these like clickbait personality quizzes like uh <laughs> like what does that mean what's the particular like uh significance of masculinity to you
1: that's really interesting so I, I don't know, um well I'll I'll let Autumn speak for herself, but I think that for me, um, there's a high degree of obviously like disagreeableness and um, contrarianism, which uh, I I usually have to like make a conscious effort to sort of tamp down um, because it it does come so naturally to me. Um, And then on top of that, I think um, any sort of like systemizing sort of, Worldview is probably going to um, result in, you know, just like result in a more masculine result. I guess. I guess. um,
2: But yeah, I don't know. What do you What do you think? (laughs)
3: Um,
2: I mean, I would say my most male trait is I have opinions. Have opinions. No, yeah, I think it, a lot of it is disagreeableness because I don't really feel like masculine. I mean, but I right. guess I don't feel feminine either. I don't wake up and I'm like, mm, I'm a woman today. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. I um, Personality is interesting because there's like certain personality traits that like are, tend to be more male or female when you look at it as a whole. But like if you just pick out like um, two random people, like they'll have like a good mixture of female and like male. Like you can't really you can only see the differences in like these huge
0: like
2: statistical like uh, analysis
0: mm-hmm. well um i don 't know I think that there is like a very meaningful type difference between these two outlooks and approaches to the world, but it 's very difficult to like define and like put a finger on precisely what it is, but even though I feel like it 's relatively vague it 's also like very vast. Um, I guess Steph, I met you in real life uh, mm-hmm. and you come off as like fairly feminine, although I did realize uh you said something very funny which is very rare for a woman so um <laughs> what you did said, i say
1: what did okay, i Richard say Alton.
0: you said uh it, it's uh something to the effect that it's not coincidence that uh out of like the four uh really prominent like uh um anonymous twitter writers two of them are Korean wait 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 wait, wait, wait. Wait, you,
1: wait
0: can you say it yourself if you remember <laughs> no. this clip?
1: Yeah, I, I know what you're referencing, and I'm trying to drown out, <laughs> drown out
2: that remark. Okay, now I'm curious. Wait,
0: yeah, I, I laughed. I mean, I thought it was genuinely funny, so uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it just stuck with me, so.
2: Um, so yeah, that, so that's know. a
0: masculine trait.
2: Yeah,
1: it, ma- making racialized jokes is a masculine trait, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, in that way, in that way, I guess. Um, I'm very, I'm very nervous. But, um, <laughs> uh You know, it's like, yeah, I mean. So, so prior to, so prior to us recording this, I asked you not to bring up, uh, I asked you not to bring up Ezra Pound, but I will now quote Ezra <laughs> Pound. <laughs> you know, uh, I might be fucking this up, but like, you know, what thou lovest well is thy true heritage. And so, yeah. so I'll, you know, I, I am racist, but based on <laughs> interests, I'm, I'm racist based on, uh, you know, <laughs> your heritage of interests and, and, um, and passions and, and things like that. So
0: Yeah, I think that ties to, uh, are you familiar with uh, Robert Conquest's uh, Laws of Politics? No. The the first uh law of politics he says is that everyone is conservative about what he knows best. And so I, I feel like that's kind of uh in line with this pound quote, which I've never heard before. I'm also trying to like uh kind of like distance myself from Ezra Pound because I feel like it's just kind of gotten out of hand. Uh and uh, you know, I well I, I don't wanna be like uh uh Paul Scalis, uh, you know, just like basing my entire brand off of like uh imitating like one dude. So we're talking about like one guy's ideas. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, that's uh, why you don't bring it up. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, moving on from him, you know, he's a uh, he's old hat. He's like, uh, yeah, I'm like, over. Who him.
2: even knows who that is anymore? Really? What's that? I said, who even knows who that is anymore?
0: <laughs> so, um but yeah, I guess it's like he said, like uh, everyone's conservative uh, about what they know best. Um, And uh, I don't know, you don't come off as like uh, egregiously racist for what it's worth. Um,
1: Is it it because I'm a woman of color?
0: (laughs) No, no, I think it's just because I'm like uh, totally desensitized to it by my other friends. Asian people can be racist too. Oh, Asian people are so racist. Like every every East Asian person is just like a certified uh, physiognomy expert that, you know, you just have like a normal conversation. It's like, oh, you can tell they are Korean by the shape of their eyes.
2: They're... I feel like Asian people have a good reason to be racist, generally speaking.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's like, you know, you could just like be talking about the weather and then like somehow it becomes a conversation about the rape of Nanking. It's it tends to be like that. So
1: <laughs> I really I really hope that you played the Chinese song before, uh, before, before. The- I always do.
0: That's the that's yeah. the, for at least season one. That's basically the uh, the gimmick. Um, I haven't chosen what I'm going to do yet, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I usually choose based on the vibes of the episode. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess uh, since we're talking about your ethnic background now. Um, I wanted to ask both of you a little bit about, uh, your origins and, uh, you, you kind of alluded to them. Uh, 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 Steph told me that Autumn grew up on a farm, uh, and that, and then Steph has, like, a background with, like, a dad who was, like, a, your dad was, like, a Chinese, like, uh, art guy. I don't know. I mean, I should, I, 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 uh, yeah. I just wanted to know more about like your uh, personal backgrounds and like, uh, how it influences your work. Sure.
1: Um, I'll, I'll give Autumn time to process. Um, I'm tying
2: my shoe and I can only do one thing at a time.
1: <clears throat> yeah. She's, she's, she's <laughs> stimming right now. So I'll, I'm just going to give her some time. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's like, uh my, my, dad, my dad was a painter and my mom was a computer scientist. Um, she was the first sort of wave of um, uh, people after the Cultural Revolution to uh, sort of go back to college. And they were just assigned majors based on how they did on um, standardized testing. So she, was, she, was, she did a standardized test and they told her, you're going to study computer science. So my mom became a computer scientist.
0: People ever like flunk the test in one department so that they could uh pursue a given career.
1: I don't see the thing is, um I, I don't think that people were that Machiavellian about it yet because uh they were just they were literally coming off of farms and like uh, you know, dealing with malnutrition. So so mm-hmm. no one was sort of thinking uh that's in, in that sophisticated a manner. But mm-hmm. um but yeah, and then my dad, you know, like who sucks at standardized testing, um, basically flunked the test and they were like, all right, well, you're gonna be a painter then. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I think, you know, I kind of genetically inherited uh, traits obviously from both of them um, in that I do sort of have like a systemizing approach to this life in general. Um, but obviously I'm also, um, you know, you know, I have my little, um, creative outlet. Uh, You've said that
0: twice uh, about systematizing, like how does that manifest in your work?
1: Yeah. So this is some, this is something that I'm, I've been thinking about a lot because I'm, I'm, I'm at the halfway point in my MFA program. Um, I have a year and a half left and I'd like to put out like a full length collection at the end of it. Um, and the sort of, the sort of trend now, uh, in, in terms of poetry collections, which I'm sure you're aware of is, you know, um, that they're sort of based around a singular theme, um, and all the poems in the collection sort of expound on this theme. Um, but, In terms of my own writing, uh, you know, I I recently put out a poem uh, based on reading the Bitcoin white paper.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I saw that.
1: Yeah. And so it's like I I have my little sort of science and tech poems. Um, I have poems about flowers. I have poems about, you know, that are sort of a little more explicitly confessional about my personal life. and just, uh, I have persona poems uh, in which I adopt persona of a Greek myth, um, mythological figure, you know? Um, and, and so for me, like, the, the question is, can I pull these together in a cohesive way that sort of appeals to, um, and I don't know if I want to, but this sort of appeals to mainstream uh, tastes and trends um, and it in this sort of, you know, I guess like sellable um, or am I going to have to excise certain parts of myself in order to pull together a cohesive collection Um, I'm hoping that I'll be able eventually to find a press that just lets me be a messy bitch and have all of these components Um, but that's certainly not the dominant trend in poetry nowadays Mm -hmm. Um, so that might be a trade-off that I have to
2: Hmm. i think people won't say it but i think people want to see the truth. they just like don't know it it's so, like, like
0: does that uh like systematizing like impulse and like not manifest as well in like the curation of your writing or do you think that or it, it, do you just like uh, appreciate like kind of like the uh the a thematic like sprawl of it
1: yeah, I think sprawl is a really good word. I and I'd forgotten your original question, but yeah, like the I think the the thing is that um, being systemizing is um, kind of kind of a curse, really, as 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 um, an artist, I guess. Um, as an artist slash as an autist. Um, it, it's kind of a curse because you do have this sprawl of things that you're interested in and and, and you might sort of be taken for a dilettante. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I
0: know I am. Like, I'm like so like uh, dead set on that. And I'm, re- I'm like, I'm kind of at peace with it because um, I, uh, over the past couple of years, I've been interested in like writing about like uh, earth deep history and like u- integrating like biology and stuff into my poems, which is something that was very strange to me. I always like hated science as a kid, um, but I kind of just got the, uh, the uh you know i got the bug for it at some point and i was interested in like writing poems that integrated like uh like mass extinctions and like uh you know evolution and such into the thematic content i guess um but um i know like just how uh like dilettantish my uh indulgence in that is and i'm kind of okay with that like you know I, I, I enjoy like being into uh, breadth over depth generally speaking. so but I also have like my instinct creatively is like to think in like very high concept terms and to like always kind of like think of the concept first and then uh, and then create afterwards. I don't know H- How do you relate to that or or not at all?
1: Well, l- l- uh, I want I want autumn to talk about her
2: background first because she also Okay yeah her. yeah, That's super interesting. I'm trying to edit it in my head, I think. Yeah, so um, both my parents are um, from Oklahoma, and my grandparents actually, like, had a dairy farm. Um, And my dad was a computer engineer, so that's why we ended up moving uh, forward when I was younger. Um, So there's always, like, I see that come up in my writing a lot, where it's sort of, like, the merging of, like, trying to do, like, the merging of, like, sci-fi with this sort of, like, um, Southern Gothic, and I really like the idea. Um, I guess like a lot of sci-fi to me is very like clinical and like autistic, I guess, and I, I always was interested in making it more like in a romantic tradition. And I think a lot of that has to do with part fi hmm.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I come from uh, a <laughs> similar background, I guess. Uh, I'm from Pennsylvania a town called New York, you probably wouldn't have heard of it, but it was like, I mean, the town itself is like fairly like, uh, developed, but like the outskirts where I grew up, you know, it was like, there were like fields with like, uh, manure smell everywhere. So it seemed like a very, uh, what's the word? I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. I'm not really, uh, I'm not really sure where I'm going with that, but I guess I'm just trying to relate my own experience to what you're telling me. I certainly didn't grow up on a farm, although my grand, (laughs) my grandmother had one. So I guess I was always kind of familiar with it, but
2: yeah, I was on and off. It was my grandparents,
0: but uh, Mm -hmm. I did
2: live there and I just came back from Oklahoma for about two years. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I noticed people in the city, like really romanticize like a rural, like, living and they're not, like, entirely sure of, like, the reality of it, but, like, in my head when I think back, like, the things are, like, nostalgic. It's, like, you know, like, the the sky outside in the field with, like, the stars, but then also, like, server rooms or, like, a, like, compute, like, uh, like, a bank of computers, like, in the dark, like, I get the same, like, almost, like, nostalgic, like, feeling of wonder, I guess. <laughs> well, you had server rooms on the farm? Not in the, not in my, I would Go to my dad's work because he used uh, to. Oh, he yeah. worked for Paradigm, which was like part of THQ. So, what did he work on? Like formula. F1. He worked on some racing games earlier, and then uh, I think. I'm drawing form. Terminator. Games. Um, but yeah, I, w- I was at his work a lot because he was like. I um, actually worked in um, games for a while, and there's a lot of crunch. So, he would like have us over for the weekend and we would just like hang out and, at his work and like drink soda
0: and like play games on the computers. Uh-huh. Oh, that's nice. I, uh, yeah, my dad owned an auto parts warehouse. Uh, he sold it a few years ago, but, um, I would always go there as a kid and like play on the computer in the office. With You know, it was like very dusty, um, you yeah, know, full of auto parts dust. Um, fluorescent lighting and that was where i had my uh formative experiences with the internet
2: were you a, a 90s kid please?
0: no no i mean i was born in 98 so
2: oh, okay so you're a little yeah, you I sound good. Sound good yeah i was just curious i was trying to place it like in mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah it's, it's, it's um no no, no. i'm just gonna i was just gonna say like i, I A little known fact about me, I, um, I operated one of the first Harry Potter fan sites on the internet at the age of 11.
3: Wow.
1: Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I was very online as a, um, as a preteen actually throughout my teens. Um, and then I basically just became pretty offline, just like, you know, normie offline, uh, through my 20s and then with the pandemic um, I, I, I came back online again uh, relatively recently like in the past few years um, so that was kind of my trajectory but um, yeah
3: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know I'm 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 glad I'm glad. Um, I'm glad I had some time off and i'm I'm glad I'm back i guess um, in in under a very different set of circumstances now obviously um, but yeah i don't know it's um i uh, this is something that I sort of wanted to talk to you about, Nick after listening to the Ann and jib episode but you know um just like just like you know this idea of um navigating sincerity versus irony and uh you know and, and where we sort of are
2: uh
0: mm-hmm. I feel like the the way that this uh like is always framed like the kind of like I, I understand like strictly like definitionally like these things are like um, mutually exclusive but like in my perception like of these words and like when I feel like I relate to them most, I actually feel like they're very like interwined and like in many ways, like uh, irony feels like the most authentic thing I can do a lot of the time. And it feels like it comes from like a place of love and like uh, a genuine like passion or whatever. I, I don't know. I always struggle to put this into words, but what are your thoughts on the matter?
2: Yeah. Sorry. No, I don't know how to answer that yet. We well, I what what I was gonna say is that I
1: I really believe in the project of um you know of of internet communities and things like that because like I to some extent I'm sort of skeptical of these like you know teal funded homesteading programs <laughs> or, you know I I am very skeptical of those but I think that it's absolutely. Possible. I, I don't even think this is an opinion. This is just a fact. You obviously can connect um, with beautiful souls over the internet, and um, and you know, um, and and really sort of add value to your life in that way. So I, I you know, it, it, when I think about sincerity versus irony, I think about well, what does it, you know, what does it mean that I. My first message to Autumn was, hey, I liked the meme that you started, Uh which is obviously sort of derived from an instance of irony. Um, And yet I think that, you know, you know, we're we're friends now, I think. I think so, so, for now. (laughs) So, and that's very sincere. So, um, yeah, I I agree. I think that um, I think that, I think the boundaries aren't aren't as uh, stark as they might appear to be.
0: I mean, I think that it, it's just that like uh you know, having like that rapport with someone where they can understand like uh when you're being genuine or when you're memeing, like that kind of rapport is like uh the foundation of like a very uh solid friendship. And like I feel like I don't know especially as a man i feel like many of your most like intimate like moments with other men are um filtered through like this kind of uh it, it, like it, this register where um you know n- not everything is uh taken at face value where a lot of it is like understood to be a joke but um like i don't know i think that that's actually like having that kind of rapport with another man in particular is like a really good litmus test for exactly like how um intimate your friendship is or at least has the potential to be i guess
2: i support that you know Mm -hmm. um i think for men in particular like shit tests are really important because like Mm -hmm. there's like a layer like above sincerity where you're sort of like joking and like being essentially it's like if you can like take a joke and like play on this like level, then it's like then like when I actually need you there, like I know that you'll be able to handle it. Like if someone if you joke with someone and they sort of fold, you're like, okay, like I can't trust you. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important for like men in particular.
0: And well, I suppose like uh, part of it is also like uh transgressing boundaries and doing it like mutually so that uh, you know you you it facilitates building trust i mean i feel like that's why like uh you know in, in like blue collar jobs you see this all the time where like uh you know if it's like all men like wearing hard hats or whatever like they bond with each other by saying raci- racist jokes like uh you know by making racial remarks about each other uh and I, like I do, you know, th- there, there's like a, a very cynical reading of that, that. They're all just like so prejudiced or bigoted or whatever. But like, I think that that actually comes from like a place of love because it's like, because you are like transgressing these boundaries together, you know, that uh, kind of like lubricates. It, it's a way of like uh, resolving these tensions, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I started thinking about this recently too, because I mean, yeah, I, I think that transgressing together is... An important step in a in a in a budding <laughs> friendship, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. um, but I, I was sort of thinking about this practice of um, naming group chats something just <laughs> wildly offensive. Oh yeah, uh, because it it, um, it it raises the risk of mm-hmm. you being at work, or in my case, you know being at school giving a presentation or something and having a notification pop up from like (laughs) slots for hitler or you know what i mean like just something that's like totally out of bounds and just like completely uh fucked up and um and and it's a form of hazing you know it it (laughs) is of a form of hazing um
0: but like i don't i i feel like hazing though like there's like a there's like malice like towards like uh you know the other people and i don't know maybe this is different but like if i named like the group chat like slept for hitler or something i would do it because it was funny i mean maybe you could interrogate like why it's funny but like i don't really think that i would uh consider doing such a thing out of malice uh
1: yeah i don't think it's out of malice but i think there is this like um, additional layer j- j- obviously you know obviously it's like funny it definitely filters but... out a certain people
2: mm-hmm. i feel like there's certain groups where it's like if you can't like transfer us together there's a certain like tension and like fragility where it's like these are like the topics that we're like not allowed to discuss like here's like the, th- the things that we have to all agree on and there's no like moving outside it's, like a very like tiny like uh, I don't know if like overton windows like can be used in that way, but like a very like tiny like uh window of like topics. But it's like if you're like in the one that I saw it was like um what was it dolphin game rate right chat was like the one that they changed it to do. That's the one that someone actually got in trouble that I knew. But it's like if you can like joke around on that level it's like all, it's like a level of comfort that's like more comforting than these groups that are trying to say like you're not allowed to say that. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like some people like because I mean like gang rape chat like it's very like 12 year olds like in middle school right like it's Mm -hmm. juvenile but I sort of feel like people are sort of going I see especially on the internet people going through the sort of like second adolescence because they finally realized they actually could just say like whatever they wanted to yeah and and
0: I never really got over it to tell you the truth like I don't know. It, it that stuff like is like just genuinely funny to me because it's like uh unexpected, I guess. Cause it, it, it feels yeah. like a non-sequitur from like a relatively like uh banal situation to like bring like Hitler like the person of Hitler is like immediately funny to me. I feel like there are very few times where Hitler like is brought <laughs> into a situation that it does not become like immediately funnier because like I mean, aside from, like, the physical presence of, like, this guy with, like, a little mustache, like, as just, like, a character, like, it's also just, like, the absurdity of, like, you're bringing this man whose, like, war crimes have turned him into a synonym for evil in the 20th century, and yeah. you're just, like, using him so flippantly, like, I I think the humor of that is, like, self-evident. I don't know, I feel like everyone's lying to themselves if they pretend not to get it. But um, And I also yeah, think funny. that, like jokes don't need to be sophisticated to be funny I, to
1: well, <laughs> I, agree, I agree they don't need to be sophisticated to be funny, but um, it is always interesting to see um, contexts in which things that we say um, are sort of laundered for a more general audience and, and and are able to sort of receive like mainstream critical acceptance or acclaim. like there was that movie uh, what was it called um Shoot, I forget the title, but it was like a little kid that was. Oh, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So I mean, to on some level, that conceit is the same. It's really not that different from naming a group chat "Slots for Hitler," (laughs) Um, but because you know someone was able to sort of elevate it and like launder it to be unkind, um, that humor is able to sort of you know, uh, just just be accepted and, and, and looked at um, in a different way.
0: I have to say, I was like blown away when I saw the trailer for that movie. Like I just see like this little crowd of swastikas. It was, uh, I think when I was, uh, it was a trailer, my first time seeing it was in advance of seeing the Joker movie. And uh, my friend next to me saw the swastikas or whatever. He was just like, holy shit, this is so based. Like, this movie's gonna be so based and red pilled. And then, you know, by the end of the trailer, they really like show all their cards. They're like, no, like, this is actually gonna culminate in like a didactic disavowal of Hitler. But, um, uh, <laughs> but I, for what it's worth, I think that. I guess on some level I really cannot be persuaded that this stuff is not genuinely transgressive because like uh, you know, the politically correct take on it is just like anything that's like uh, even like remotely like uh, invokes like, Ironic like racism or any other form of like accepted bigotry like it's not actually transgressive because these forms of bigotry are like so ubiquitous that it's actually like uh, Perpetuating the dominant narrative and that's just like so self-evidently not true like it, and you can tell by the consequences of like Transgressing these boundaries with respect to like, uh, you know Hitler for example um, As opposed yeah, to they're like
2: life like they're like career ending like transgressions at times depending on like, yeah
0: unless you like want to work for like the government or whatever unless you want to run for like public office or you know maybe work for the state department or something like i really don't think you're likely to see the consequences of criticizing capitalism as such like so you know or to be like oh it's actually really transgressive to like sure. uh you know uh talk about how racism is bad it's like
2: I think about that a lot in writing because I see that, um, I don't even know the word for it. It's, like, almost, like, masquerading as, like, transgressive, like, Mm -hmm. certain things, but they're all, like, very accepted and in, like, those circles and, like, part of the dominant narrative. So it's almost like you get to play at being, like, a rebel, but, like, take no actual risks.
0: I, uh, I was actually drawn to, um, uh charlie looker um who was a previous guest on the podcast by uh seeing his youtube video where he discusses ariel pink and like the cancellation of ariel pink and i thought this was probably just going to be like such a like uh you know just seeing the thumbnail i'm like oh i guess i'm gonna watch it because you know i am dopamine spiraling on youtube or whatever but uh you know i wasn't expecting much from it and i was really impressed by like how uh uh in-depth his analysis was and the entire point was it wasn't really about ariel pink so much as like what this word transgression means and i guess there is something to be said for like uh you know it's a totally different picture like um in like high level institutions in terms of like what's transgressive like in that case like being uh actually like racist or whatever is like truly transgressive but um you know if you're like at like a working class bar in New Oxford, Pennsylvania, as I was a few weeks ago, like I guess it would have been transgressive to, you know, be really enthusiastic for trans rights in that space. And so it's all no. like, so um, context dependent. It's also very like trivial though, uh, if it's if it's purely a matter of like doing the opposite of what everyone around you is doing.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's one thing that um you know especially especially if you've gotten older, I feel like you have to sort of you you have to wrestle with that um i think i think innate um contrarianism that a, that a lot of us have and and actually uh, sort of at least account to yourself for what you actually believe in um and and if that's transgressive, great. Right? If that's not transgressive, great. Right? Like
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, to some extent, you know, like you can't you can't sort of just go around trying to like kick the hornet's nest all the time, mm-hmm. um, and, and and sort of take that as as the higher good, um, even though it can be fun. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, I do think that there is something very liberating and like valuable in being an edge lord. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, on some level, I feel like that is the hill that I'm willing to die on. Is that edginess for its own sake actually does have merit? I don't know. I don't really think I'm that edgy in the grand scheme of things, but
2: I, I think it does. I mean. I think people have, like, different definitions of, like, what edge or, like, transcripts means, but to me, it's always sort of, like, it's always that, like, unknowable space where you're sort of, like, trying to push and, like, see how far you can go as an artist, but I think it's sort of, like, the role of the artist in society is to sort of, like, show a landscape that, like, we've never been before. So I think you always sort of risk, like, becoming an outcast because, um, you, you risk like going a little bit like too far and you're like, but that's like part of the game is like just seeing like, can I be like transgressive, but without like, uh, but still like maintain like people's interests and not just like completely fall off.
1: Yeah. I think one thing that's interesting about all three of us is that we do sort of um, straddle that line in, in potentially a precarious and uh, not fully sustainable way um i mean i'm not i'm not actually anonymous right like i Mm -hmm. i i publish under my full real social security name um (laughs) as does autumn and and nick you are easily doxable as well and that's a very conscious choice that the three of us have made
0: oh me too Um, i've thought about that a lot recently uh especially as i've started working and just like um i guess on some level like well, first of all, I don't really draw a lot of heat to myself because, like, nobody listens to my podcast or anything. Um, but, uh, you know, other than that, like, uh, I guess I, I feel like there's more power in that because, like, you know, it'll never be, like, a threat to be, like, oh, I have your real name. Like, I'm going to release this. I'm going How would your employer feel if they saw this? I'd be like, well, they already do yeah. see it. Like, it's all there. Like, everything's on the surface. And I guess I have, like, a a layer of distance between my real name and, like, my, uh, Mm -hmm. like, uh, Twitter or whatever, but a a very, like, uh, ill-concealed layer of difference. You know, I promote my podcast and my writing, and it's just, like, uh, and both of those I do under my real name, and occasionally I've thought about writing under a pseudonym, but I really just want to own it. I don't know. I'm 23, so maybe I'll live to regret this, but... uh,
2: I think you just have to accept it at some point you will regret it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if you're actually gonna put yourself out there and like just say like what you try to like what you think like with a, a certain amount of sincerity, like at some point like you're gonna make people mad. Mm-hmm. And you just have to get over it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's how I feel anyways. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I
1: mean like the the to the extent that um you know, Amanda Gorman, the, the poet who read at the inauguration, right? It was just mm-hmm. obviously getting a lot of flack <laughs> uh, that particular day for for her reading or her work. Um,
0: Wait, like yeah, did they like, try to cancel her? or Do you, do you just mean <laughs> like being criticized for the content of it?
1: Just being criticized for the content of it. I, I, and um, that was that was sort of a situation where I could, um I just I sort of see I, both sides, sorry to use that phrase, but like, um, you know, um, th- this is something that, that Yara in a previous episode of yours, Nick, was that, mm-hmm. you know, if you are able to take the institutionally approved path and um, collect your paychecks and lean into using your identity that way, then, you know, that's that's not not a bad grift if you can get it it's it's very understandable there's um you know there's uh that that's not you know um
2: it's very understandable it's incredibly dangerous in the sense like if you want to like maintain if you just want to do the grift but like if you want to like maintain like a sense of it's, it's sort of like carrying a one ring, like to Mount Doom. Like at some point, like what you're doing is going to change, like how you see
1: yourself. Re- reading a poem <laughs> at uh, Biden's inauguration is parent is the equivalent well, of carrying the <laughs> the, re- the one ring <laughs> to Mount Doom.
2: Yeah, you can quote me on that. <laughs> I mean, what would
0: you would you, if if Biden offered you the chance to read at his second inauguration? Uh, you know, if that day comes. Um, would you take it? I would.
1: Of course. I yeah. mean, a hundred percent. Anyone who says differently is, is, is lying
2: to themselves. Well,
0: I don't know. It's terrifying though. It's like yeah. really terrifying. Cause as soon as your name gets in that forum, like you know that everyone's going to be pouring through everything you've ever done. They're going to discover things about yourself that you don't even know. And uh, I could totally understand why someone would like, uh, wouldn't want to draw that kind of heat to themselves. But, you know, fortune favors the bold and I think that it usually pays off. I would read at Biden's inauguration.
1: Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'd, I'd read at anyone's
2: really sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, inauguration.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you sure about that?
2: Are you I'm sure you sure would read that. at
0: Hitler's inauguration?
2: I, you said Biden. Hitler's a different No, story. you said
0: you'd read at anyone's inauguration. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> Anyone
0: technically includes Hitler, so I don't know. Maybe I'm giving you the chance to retract that, but
1: (laughs) you know what? I I, I was like, I'm going to do this podcast with Nick, and I'm 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 going to I'm not going to come across as a fascist, and uh, I've I've just
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've completely I've completely uh, fucked that up. So I think Um. everyone already knows.
0: Yeah, um,
1: but but yeah, I think that so. you know I, I, there is to to some extent, right? There there is a very well-founded suspicion of quote unquote. I won't say the slur, but let's say face account, right? Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Like like I, I understand that suspicion um, because a lot of times it doesn't sort of seem to end up that uh, you know they they just end up mouthpieces. For corporate interests. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I just recently made a face account. Oh, you um, did? Yeah, yeah. I'll send you my ad. I have like four, four followers right now, but I realized I'm technically <laughs> eligible to be to get a blue check. I think. So.
1: Why did um, you make a face account?
0: Because I'm eligible to be blue checked, and I didn't. I, I, <laughs> I, don't, just think
2: thought, I don't think they really give those out anymore.
0: So I read my brother sent me this. Like if you're like uh with a news organization and like you have like a regular position there and you have at least three articles under your belt that uh that qualifies you for a blue check. Yeah. And so um so yeah, I just thought I would give it a, a shot. Uh it would be kind of funny. And I don't
2: know, I think it changes here. <laughs> I mean, do you know any blue checks you actually like? Uh yes. <laughs> I'm trying to think and I'm like I can't.
0: I have one friend. I'm not going to say his name because he probably wouldn't uh, be too thrilled about uh, being mentioned on this podcast, but he, he is like a good guy, uh, sincerely. And he's like a disability rights activist and a Zionist and like uh, um, and a homosexual, but like nonetheless, like uh, a very good, like open-minded, like reliable friend. And um, yeah, he happens to uh, have a blue check on Twitter.
3: So. Good for him.
2: Yeah. He got it
0: like uh when he was like 19 or something for like writing a couple of columns for the Huffington Post.
2: <laughs> Good for him. Wait, is, that, is that all you need to do to get one? That's
0: that's what it seems like. It seems like the bar is like lower than I thought, which is why I decided to like make a face account. Um, of course, but you know, that's like a separate thing. Like I'll probably like continue to like shit post from uh my like uh half anonymous account
2: yeah i do i did have i did know somebody who had it um i think being a journalist um and then he lost it because he like changed his name and i didn't he didn't know like if you change your name like it, you lose the blue check like just edit it or whatever mm-hmm. so like for a week he was just like he was like i he's like i still can almost see that the ghost of validation <laughs> that i once had
0: you know what I am also a big fan of uh Timothy Nerozzi uh who just recently took a job for Fox News but he um he is like a very powerful shit poster from his uh uh blue check account.
1: Yeah, those um those are some rare and admirable birds. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it changes you, you know. <laughs>
1: So so Nick, I know you have uh, a commitment after this mm-hmm. um, and we probably have to wrap up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was sort of thinking about I was sort of thinking about um, this idea, again, mentioned on um, a previous podcast episode of yours with another infamous poet um about how uh you have to dare to be cringe but not (laughs) actually be cringe
0: Mm, i've Uh, been thinking about that a lot
2: i've been thinking about it a lot too yeah in order to be based you have to first be cringe Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: um but i thought that i i would sort of take my shot at doing that at, at, at sort of walking that line i i wrote a poem for autumn That she's never heard before that
2: i'd love to recite
0: that's great i thought you would never ask that's uh that's really nice
2: i'm just pouring more alcohol okay i gotta chug
0: it okay i'm ready when you are
2: i'm ready
1: okay I, it's too bad that we don't have a functioning camera because otherwise I would ask uh, I would ask you Nick to like watch her facial expressions and tell <laughs> me afterwards if she was into it or if she was like fuck I should have never agreed <laughs> to this uh, but anyway okay all right so the poem is titled for Autumn Sea, recently moved to Texas in this parched state in this late month. I receive news of another city. In the north, in the east, other trees turning, tongues in burning mouths, orange cinderellas. Nearby, a church is chiming, 11, 11, 11, while November shifts her thickening thighs in her chair of air. Otherwise, time disclaims banners a sparser lantana bush, more aggrieved raccoons at the bin, ticks in the face of the 11th hour. Autumn, when did you decide to live here again? Orange Cinderella, you asked me if you should. Wear your black dress. I said yes and accessorize, crown yourself. (laughs) Set metals to glint above your brow. In the blackest eyes I ever saw, if I saw your eyes at all, at all. Here where writers flit like ghosts, where your words won't grace a shelf, I waited. Your season came back, and you conceded, with gold hoops in your ears to ornament. Autumn, I have been glad for the event of you. Though the years may throw their fits and rattle their throats full throttle, once a season cycles in, cycles continue with you in it. Oh season, stay and be my reason to stay. Hear your dogs, hear your man, your bottle of absinthe, (laughs) your guns, your fans, your constant cancellations. (laughs) You're in constant constellations of cold dark glances and though the church is burning, orange Cinderella,
2: hear your loved. Yeah. That was way more beautiful <laughs> than I ever observed.
0: Oh, that that was like so like unabashedly <laughs> sincere. And it was I funny, but oh, my face
2: is like burning. I'm like oh. <laughs> it was really good. I um,
0: I guess I feel like there's like a little bit of like, uh, you know, personal, like uh, context that I'm missing for this, but I'm just interested, like, uh, how long have you guys actually been friends? Two
1: months? I don't know. Yeah, not a long (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Wait, I
0: I, I, I always see you together, like, uh, on the TL, like, uh, you know, in the spaces or whatever. Like, I didn't realize that this is like a very recent development. (laughs)
1: Well, <laughs> no, I don't know. I was thinking I was reading some Frank O'Hara recently and I and I just really admired the way that he sort of leaned into um you know the poetry of friendship, which I think is sort of underrated, um, you know, I mean you always like, you know, you always see takes about dating or relationships and things like that. And I think friendship is sort of like an undervalued um interaction, uh and you know, I I was trying to channel, channel a little bit of that, um, in the poem, but the the thing that I found kind of interesting was I actually brought that poem to my MFA workshop. Um, and my sort of totally like normie offline boomer instructor really liked it. Uh, (laughs) and, um, and my, and one of my classmates that I don't really know at all was like, I shouldn't ask, but I'm really curious. I'm like, I'm really curious who this is. Like, who is this person that was canceled? Like, you know, who 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 is this person that has guns uh, and was canceled? Um, but you know, like my my instructor was like was uh, was was quite fond of it, and I uh, I don't know if she even knows what cancellation means. She probably thought that like it was like some poetic like
2: yeah flare. yeah. I don't know. Does she not... <laughs> Is it a woman? It's a woman. Does she normally like, do you think she like normally likes your work or is she like critical? Like,
1: um, she, yeah, I I mean, that's the thing. I mean, she, she, she does, she's very encouraging, but she's also, she has a good critical eye. So, um, yeah, so, yeah.
0: I, uh, (laughs) That reminded me, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I f- found this document, which is last modified, modified December 21st, 2018. And I wrote a, a, an ode to a, a close friend of mine as well. My friend Quinn, the very first uh, guest on the beautiful toilet. Um,
1: Aww. And, uh, Are you going to read it? <laughs> should I?
0: I I'm looking at it now and I'm like, oh, this is like, this sounds so much gayer than it actually is. Uh, <laughs> But, <laughs> no, you
1: have to dare to be crazy. I mean, it's a poem. Dare right, be and dumb. it's also
0: like, uh, the, the, the occasion for it was that we were both into uh, T.S. Eliot. And so yeah. um, it's kind of like a, a style parody of T.S. Eliot. Um, Do it, come but, on. All right, it is called The Love Song of, and then it's his first initial and um, middle and last name, which I'm not gonna dox, but. Um, when the clock strikes 10.08, Come behind the iron gate and I will press the button which lies between hearth and solitude, secret passage in a stone cold wall. Come behind my castle door and we will make a solitude between your body and my mind. We will build mounds of unconceived skulls. Our fruits will be platonic and finite. We will create a terrestrial paradise transient and total. I will teach you how to yodel to modulations dark and bright upon the keys of entry and exit. And when my nephews dig into the earth, I will not complain for patriarchs my middle name, but I will play my part the same. And when I Mm -hmm. and Kaisis wither and rot, I wish to be a flower pot. Yo-ho, yo-ho, we go, we go. In a swallow and a puff of smoke, I will take off all my clothes and we can ponder with our tongues the merits of velcro sneakers and duodecimal names or the merits of your smegma on my chin we will be ephemeral like dongs of earthbound towers, ringing from the church bells through the streets of upper hells. And though one day I wish to be forgot, I wish to be a flower pot.
1: That's beautiful.
0: Oh, I told you it was pretty gay. Don't say I didn't warn you.
1: No, no, no. I mean, it's gay, but like (laughs) G-H-E-Y. Yeah, it's
2: the good kind.
1: Yeah, no, the good kind. Um, and yeah wow yeah autumn
0: do you uh uh do you have any sentimental poetry about your friends to share or or really anything to share? I wanted to uh give the form to both of you No,
2: I mean, I'm trying to write poetry like but it's like g a y
0: but no you. that's let me tell you though I feel like you're so privileged to like have like the uh like the novelist um germ because basically like all throughout my undergraduate career i was like reading novels compulsively because i hoped that if i read enough novels that i would become a novelist but that is very difficult to me um yeah i think that honestly like
2: i can read you my novel we just might be here a while
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just like i don't know i feel like you should be like so grateful for uh, uh having that kind of uh ability because every time i try to write prose fiction it just turns out like a total abortion like um i um Some
2: people are into that
0: though no i mean i the, i realize <laughs> i think my biggest issue is that i really find it hard to write uh outside of my own voice and so i really struggle with dialogue for that reason
2: um, yeah dialogue is actually i would say dialogue like realistic dialogue is like very
0: difficult mm-hmm. and so i think that's my greatest impediment and also i just really. D- find it hard to like imagine like a story and like uh, plotting and like um, a kind of direction for that, that makes sense. So um, yeah, I don't know, you say that you feel uh, frustrated in your uh, attempts at poetry, but I honestly, I I tend to be much more impressed by novels because because it's like a skill that's like so foreign to me.
2: I like, honestly, I think it's more difficult to write like a good poem than it is to like write like a good novel Mm -hmm. because the form is so i think people see like oh it's a short little thing with like stanzas, like it's easy but it it, to compress down like human experience like into that
0: like i don't know it's much more intuitive for me like uh poems and essays are like so intuitive to me but like um prose fiction is just like my mount everest
2: yeah, for sure. I don't know that I'll ever be good at it.
0: Like, although I would like very much to.
1: Yeah, variety is the spice of life. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we all exist.
0: Oh, such a nice thought. Um, had Oh yeah, um, Autumn, since uh, I heard that you just uh, finished a manuscript for your book deal, I wanted to give you the opportunity to plug your upcoming uh, novel.
2: Oh God. Um it won't be out until 2024, sadly.
0: Okay then. Then I won't <laughs> have the opportunity to plug um, your novel since it seems like yeah, it's always. I right. mean, well you we'll can plug the, the one, one that you uh, that you've already published though.
2: Okay, like the last one I have is uh Call of Girl like a bomb, And that was out from Clash. Hmm.
0: I'm sorry, I missed the last part.
2: Uh, it was out from Clash, Clash Books. Mm-hmm and then the next one will be clash too.
0: Oh cool. Well, uh, congratulations on uh on your second uh your second big break.
2: Yeah, I guess we'll we'll see when people read it.
0: <laughs> yeah, if they perhaps uh, listening to this podcast, they'll um, you know, put it on reserve for 2 years over two years and um
2: i will i'm gonna try to send out a lot of like advanced copies oh cool we'll have a very long like sort of like promo cycle mm-hmm.
0: well i uh i really must be going soon so uh i would like to allow either one of you the opportunity to have the final word if there's any uh lingering thoughts
1: i have no thoughts my mind I would is like blank to quote
2: Nietzsche.
0: What about Nietzsche?
2: <laughs> She's joking.
0: I thought of Nietzsche uh, earlier. Um, I, I pulled up a Nietzsche quote on Google because of something that you were saying earlier. Um, he says, "I mistrust all systematizers and avoid them. The will to system is a lack of integrity." Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I like Nietzsche, but I, I, you know, more so because he's interesting than because he's correct. Um, but. <coughs>
2: It was cool getting to talk to you, Nick. Yeah. Thank you,
0: thank you. I really enjoyed this. So, uh, yeah, we'll certainly be in touch. Um, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Good luck with your face account. I hope you get the blue check.
0: Thank you. Oh, and uh, I guess I should uh, also give Steph the opportunity if you want to plug anything. Uh,
1: um, I, I don't really have anything to plug. Um, right. if, if I do come out with a collection, it'll also be in, like, Year, so. yeah,
0: if you do, I'll, uh, I'll definitely retweet it for what it's worth so that my, you know, three followers will probably look at it and be like, oh, I should check that out and then never check it out. But...